So now at this time, we are going to um, transition into our scripture reading for today. You know, as an Advent, our series is going to be focused on in the waiting. Because in Advent, we are preparing ourselves. We are waiting patiently. It's not while the world says it's Christmas now. While the world is all decorated for Christmas now, Christmas doesn't happen till December 25th. As Christians, we're in the season of waiting. We're in Advent. And so today we're going to look at the theme of trust. And the passage that we are going to be reading from will be Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. So I invite you to follow along in your own Bible, whether it's a Bible app or your personal Bible you brought, or you can follow on the screens above as I read the word. So Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things Not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds we prepared, the words that were worlds that were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from the things that are not visible. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised. As in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, with Sarah's involvement, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, because he was considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises. But from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better homeland that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, this letter to the Hebrews is a very interesting book of the Bible, written more than likely later in the first century. And we know that because there's people in the late first century, early second century that referenced this letter. And the audience would have been Jewish Christians in Italy, more than likely church homes in Rome. And now while the Eastern Church gives Paul credit for writing this letter, most Western churches and some Eastern churches do acknowledge that it probably wasn't Paul. It's not his style of writing. In actuality, when you read the letter of Hebrews, it's actually a sermon to be read to these home churches in Rome. Now, the purpose of this sermon letter that was sent out was to give encouragement to these Jewish Christians, to these early Christians. Why did they need encouragement? What were they struggling with? And guys, I think it's things that we all struggle with. They were just tired. They were tired of fighting the good fight. They were tired of doing the work. 
Because the time in which they lived was a very tough time. Early Christians in this point, in the later of the first century, were not liked by Rome. They were not liked by the Jewish leaders either. Society outside thought they were odd. Because all they heard is that they met in secret homes. And they talked about eating this body and blood of their Messiah. And they thought they were eating humans. It sounded weird. They, they just didn't understand them. The secretive group. But yet here they were trying to be faithful, fighting the good fight. But everybody around them was pushing back, persecuting them. And they were ready to give up. And like I said, I think we've all been there before. I think we've all have needed that encouragement from a time or two. And that is what this letter that's written in the form of a sermon to be read to motivate these early followers, that was the intent of it. It's to give encouragement. Because it is tough fighting the good fight. It doesn't always come easy. We may want to throw in the towel. And that's where we find these churches in Rome. They were just tired. And you know, today, here we are on the second Sunday, we lighted the peace candle, and there's moments in our lives, you know, that we just yearn for peace. You know, we wish for just a day of normal sometimes, a day where nothing can go wrong, a day where we don't indirectly make somebody mad. There are days where we just want peace. And that is what we're here on the second day of Advent, looking at peace, yearning for some calm in our life, some encouragement, something to look forward to. Last week we read about Mary as she received news from the angel Gabriel that she was going to have a child, even though she was not married yet. And not only was she going to have a child and she wasn't married, this child was going to grow up as the son of God on a special mission to save humanity. And she was going to be his earthly mother. And so she leaned on faith. She leaned on faith. And she waited with faith that this child to be born would be the son of God, that no matter how tough it's going to be at the end, somehow God's going to make it work out. And so today we look at trust because when you have faith, you're trusting in something. You don't, have thing, you don't have faith in things you do not trust. So if you're going to have faith like Mary, you're trusting in something. There's trust. Just as the people that this letter was written to was being encouraged to have faith and just trust the message of the gospel. Trust in the message of the gospel. Hang in there. Hold tight. Things will get better. And so you look at trust. And we've all had moments in our own lives, our everyday lives, where we've had to trust in the situation or trust in the, in the individual or in the environment which we're in. It made me think back to a moment in my life where I had to really just trust the situation because at the end I had no control over it. It's one time when my family and I went on a vacation to Gatlinburg. And we got this wild idea that we're going to go to Ware's Valley and we're going to zip line at Ware's Valley. I've never zip lined before. Highly recommended after doing it. But if you ever zip line, you have to trust your guides and the situation and the equipment. 
the place that we went to, you would sign in and you'd sign all these waivers for yourself and for your kids, basically signing your life away that anything happens to you, they're not on the hook. And once you signed your life away, and that made me pause enough, because I'm signing for my three kids, my wife was signing for her. They loaded you in the back of a pickup truck and they just drove you up a mountain. Up you go. And you just go right along, right along. And you pass zip line number one, zip line number two, and then you get to zip line number three. And the only way you're getting down, they dropped you off and they drove the truck away. Either you're going to hike it down yourself or you're going to zip line yourself down. All right? And then when you get there, with kids, they had an age range. So two of my youngest could not go by themselves. So they had to harness themselves to some parents. So not only were you trusting for yourself, you're trusting as they strapped you all in that your kids are safe too. And so here we go. I've got a kid strapped on. I think Laura Beth had a kid strapped on. And here we are on the zip line number three. And you get up to that little platform, and they're going to zip line you down. And they tell you at the very beginning that if any of these zip lines you start going down and you start turning around backwards, you need to start finding a way to turn yourself around forwards. It's not going to end well at the very end. You want your feet out in front of you in case when you get to that platform and that brake they have fails, Lisa, you hit your feet first instead of your back and the back of your head. So when you got a kid on, you're like, okay, this is even more scarier. But zip line number three wasn't that bad. You get on on, it wasn't that long. You just kind of, woo, and there you go. And the valley wasn't that deep at that point. I was like, I got this. Get to zip line number three and number two, a little bit longer, a little bit deeper. I got this. Get on on there, zip on down. But the very first zip line you see going on the way up, it's the longest, though. And it has a very deep valley. And this is where the trust comes in. I said, all right, I have no control over this. I'm going to have to trust the guys. I'm going to trust that I'm able to put myself and turn myself around if I go backwards. And the other thing they said is when you need, they put these gloves on you. On this one, they put gloves on you because you go super fast because it's really long. And their little brake system is not going to stop you immediately. You got a leather strap on this glove. And they said, make sure when you, get, you start seeing these stop signs on the trees in the valley... You put, that, you put that gloved hand on the cable, and you push down on the cable to slow yourself down. But don't put your hand in front of your, of your rider thing, or it's going to slice your fingers off. Okay, okay. I was like, okay, I'll put it behind. I'll slow down. Don't need to turn around. Here we go. Get on up there, and I'm like, it's probably 100-something feet down below. I hope everything's good. I hope this works out. I just got to trust this, and I just go, off we go. All right, we're going down pretty good. We're picking up speed now. I'm like, okay, the wind's going, picking up speed. You see the first stop sign coming up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get my hand up there. Before I do it, though, I start turning around. I'm like, uh-oh, this is the time of this. And you can't turn around. You can't. So I'm kicking my legs, turning myself around, turning myself around. Past first stop sign. I couldn't get up to it. And then the second stop sign finally got around. And I just put back there and pulled real hard. And we just swoosh, get it on in right there before we hit that platform. And we stopped. And everything worked out. I think my heart was 200 beats per minute, but we got there. In moments in life, you have to trust the people, trust the situation, the equipment. But that's just not everyday life. There's moments in your faith where it's almost like you're riding down that last zip line going 90 to nothing, and things are starting to turn around backwards, and you're trying to trust that everything you've been told and what to do will actually work out in the end. See, the passage we have today, the first three verses, are basically just that. They're the instructions, the voice of encouragement to the churches in Rome, where it says, Now have faith in the assurance of things hoped for, 
The conviction of things not seen, indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Just as Kate said earlier about things that you don't see, sometimes it's hard to believe in them, right? Sometimes in Christianity it takes faith. But we do But we do see these moments of God poking through in our lives if we're looking. This morning I had the the benefit of listening to Eddie give a presentation at Men's Club about his mission Honduras. And in that presentation he said that while he was living in the United States working construction that he didn't hear God much. But down there he hears them every day. Sometimes in our own lives we get so clouded with what's going on around us that we fail to see and hear God and it's in moments where we need to take a pause we need to break away to remember yes he is there he's always been there getting my attention I just haven't been paying attention and so here The author of Hebrews is saying, Now in faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made through things that are not visible. What we have with us here is all from God. All good things come from God. Even though we can't see him, we can see the products of it. We can see how God came through for our ancestors, and we have faith. Now, this letter goes in and gives many examples. And this 11th chapter starts out talking about Abraham and some of the people from the Old Testament, but it goes on and talks about Moses. It talks about some of the lesser-known characters of the Bible and how God came through for them and how they had faith. But here he talks about Abraham In verse 8, he said, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going, but by faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. See, he knew he was being called to a place that would be the homeland for his people, for God's people. Even though there was no buildings to look at, he trusted. He trusted in God. He trusted in God. The same God that's told Noah, hey, build a big boat. This, it's not raining right now. There's no rain in the forecast, but build a big boat. Everybody's going to call you crazy, but still invite them, try to save them, and bring all of like two of each kind of animals But it's not raining yet, I know, but still build a big boat. And so he did. And so therefore his family survived. The evil was washed out. And the world started fresh. This is the same God that did that. The same God that told Abraham, hey, go and travel, live in tents. This is where your homeland is going to be, even though you can't even see where the foundation is going to be. But Abraham did that. And then his wife, by faith with Sarah's involvement, he received the power of procreation, even though he was too old to consider himself faithful, he, whom he had promised. Therefore, from one person and from this one, as good as dead, descendants were born as many as the stars, as much as the grains in the sand. His wife was considered barren. He was too old. They just could not have children in his own mind. But yet, God came through, and his descendants came 
from Abraham that numbers the stars. And so all of these and died in faith without receiving the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. And if they've been thinking of the land that they have left behind, they would have an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better homeland that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be their God. And indeed, he has prepared a city for him. And what that means is that sometimes when you have faith to follow through, you may not see the finished product. But yet you died in faith as your home is a heavenly one. And in the moment of being faithful and dying in faith, God will not be ashamed to call himself your God. Good and faithful servant. So there are going to be tough times in life where you are holding on to faith and you may not see the fruits of your labor. Just as Karen said, the family that adopted that boy and gave him a belt may never know the fruits of their labor. We don't know what situations that family, that St. Matthew's family, we don't know what their life was like at the time. They could have been going through a hard family moment, but yet they still decided to adopt and provide for a child, even though they may not know the fruits of their labor. But they had faith. They trusted in their God. And so for us today, I think in Advent, as we wait, I think it's very important that we learn, that we understand and see these examples of faith. Understand that having doubts and wanting to throw in the towel and give up and go back to the way we used to be before we became a Christian, that, that's not a new concept. That's always been a struggle for the faithful followers. But we need that encouragement to trust in the Lord and trust in his word to be faithful even though we may not see the fruits of our labor. But when we get to heaven, our God will look at us and say, Good job, good and faithful servant. I am proud to be your God. And so we look for, we look for as in Advent, for these glimmers of hope, for these moments of faith and trust. And we know that Jesus will be coming back for us. You know, Advent, as it says, waiting, it's to remember the waiting that the ancestors of ours had waiting for the birth of the Messiah. And now here we are, we're waiting for this return of the Messiah. And we know this is true. We have faith and trust in this because in John 14, verse 1 through 3, this is a verse many of us know. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I'd go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, and that where I am, you may be also. And we know that he'll come back for us because in Matthew 24, verse 42 through 44, it says, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on the day the Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must be ready. The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. We wait. We trust in these words and have faith. We lean on those examples. We lean on past experiences and others in that time. And we see this lived out and fleshed out this faith, this love, this grace that Jesus, through God, gives us 
we see that also through Holy Communion.